This is the Blue Moon Podcast. Coming up, we've got all the news and views from Manchester City's week. Get involved with the debate by tweeting at Blue Moon Podcast and check out exclusive interviews on bluemoonpodcast.com. It's your club and this is your show. 37 down and one to go. The last nine months have been building up to this point. One of the most hotly contested Premier League title races will reach its conclusion on Sunday and Manchester City are in the driving seat. The maths is simple. Win the game at Brighton and they will be champions. Anything else and they're relying on Liverpool slipping up at home to Wolves. On this week's Blue Moon podcast, we'll be looking at how Pep Guardiola's side got themselves into this position. There have been some tight matches in the last few weeks decided by big saves, the goal decision system and screamers from outside the box from let's face it unexpected sources today we'll be analysing the results against Leicester and looking ahead to the trip to the south coast this weekend football satirist David Squires is on the show explaining which member of City's backroom staff he particularly likes to put into difficult situations in his cartoons and we'll catch up with our EDS expert Sean Blinkhorn to discuss how this season has gone for the youngsters I'm your host David Mooney and with me in the studio this week is City fan Chris Higginbottom hey up Burt you're right and uh, from the Manchester Evening News Simon Bakowski hello so um, yeah, Vincent Company. That was that was an unexpected one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of all the ways to win for City to win a football game, I don't think anyone thought that would be it. But what a moment! What an incredible goal! <laughs> it's one that you can just watch again and again and again. Oh, it, I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems to get better with every angle yeah, and every. Absolutely. No, the the only angle to watch it from is the the camera that I'm assuming would have been behind Edison. You know, on, uh, on uh, Farsley, yeah. and you just watch it, and you're thinking, from the he will have known from the second he hit that, this is flying in. Yeah, you know that you you must you must you've got a shot on you, Chris. You must know when you oh, when you when you've hit a good shot. Me. He does this every time. I'm thinking, have I? <laughs> you have. I've I've been in goal against you, and I, a number of times you hit it. I just say, I'm not not going for that. I just because it, it, it really it. hard. It really hurts as well. Well, I'm pleased to hear it. But uh, <laughs> flattery aside, yeah, it was a hell of a strike. I mean. We're making heavy weather of that game as well. It was like, uh, I don't know, 95% perspiration, 5% vinspiration. Oh, sorry about that. Lovely. But uh, yeah, it was. It really did fly in, didn't it? Uh, looking at the match of the day, Ian Wright was uh, waxing lyrical about the way he um, left the ground as he struck across the ball and it didn't arrow so much as just it bent. It bent slightly it? into yeah. the top. Yeah, just, like, just enough. It clipped the underside of the bar, I but it took a coat yeah. of paint off one of them, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, perfect. But I mean, like, be honest. I mean, Simon, you wouldn't. You'll have just been watching the game. But Chris, were you? Were you going? Oh, don't shoot. Well, I wasn't saying don't shoot. I was just basically, I was just kind of like, you know, wringing my hands, like raking my fingers down the side of my head, thinking this isn't going well. It's not going well. And Twenty even minutes like, left. And... Yeah, even the most positive people around me who are always like. Shut up, Chris. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Even at that stage, they were like, oh, I'm not so sure, you know, and this is looking a bit dodge. And when it happened, just the pandemonium was akin to some of the best what, ever City moments. Like, What uh, was, I mean, what was it? Was it the mixture of the quality of goal plus the surprise of the way it happened? The and tension it the cut tension, through, the, re- yeah. the, the requirement for it to happen, the likelihood that it might not, and the way it just... There were just those few seconds or a second after he hit it where the whole stadium was just silent as, like, what's just happened? Yeah. yeah. And then, it like, I think like they probably celebrated the Sterling goal against Tottenham that wasn't more 
because mm. you're kind of expecting that. But com- the company one, it was just mm. like everyone in the stadium was caught up in it. It was amazing just to that, be that to be there. Wow, that, yeah. the, the moment of, of has that just happened? Yeah, yeah. 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 My mate Kerr's described it as an out of body experience. We lost him for about five minutes. Right, yeah. Somewhere in the back of the stand on his knees, <laughs> holding someone else's knees. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, it was funny as well. See, do you see Aguero's uh, thing at, at full time where he where he said, "I was saying to you, Vinny, no, 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 don't shoot." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably because no, he'd just smash one over. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was it. He just he had that miss just prior to it, didn't he? And you're like, oh no, if he's not bagging, yeah, then who is? Well, because he. People made a lot of the Burnley win and like, oh, City only scored from like, it was only won by 29 millimetres and it was like, yeah, but they absolutely battered Burnley for 15 minutes, then scored, then sat back. And then controlled it, yeah. If they hadn't scored, they would have done. Whereas Monday night, you were sort of like, you were getting to the point where you're thinking, this might not happen, you Mm. know. Although unbalanced, statistically, you know, we were definitely the better team, had the more shots, we had the most possession. It wasn't like... But I mean, on, on the performances. on the flip side, though, you look at the saves that Schmeichel had to make. He had three to make. He made two of them. He mm. kept Aguero out twice with you know point blank reflex saves, and then the one from Company. Just you, you're not getting near that, are you? Well, they're a good team, aren't they? They're well organised. Rogers yeah. has come in, and um, I don't. I'm not a massive fan of his in terms of the way he is. But he's, <laughs> you know, he's not. He's not a bad manager. He's coming and done a. He's made a good, a positive difference. And um, watching Leicester uh, play Liverpool, they were, I thought they were really unlucky. Well, it was the night after City had lost at Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they, they created some really good chances. And it, I've watched Liverpool a lot more than usual this season. <laughs> uh, you'd be unsurprised to hear. All, yeah. And, um, yeah, there's so many occasions where teams have took it to them and I've just thought, is it me or the opposition being incredibly, like, Unluckier and creating some quality chances, and it's just not going for him. Like Everton as well, Spurs. Yeah, I mean, just still on company. I mean, Guardiola's trusted him in in recent weeks, Simon. It's it's a, is it a surprise that it seems to get to this stage of the season every year, and and, and Guardiola goes, All right, well, it's time for company to come in and and kind of shore things up. I, I think it still is, and it is sort of even more as he gets older. But it, it it's such a weird setup whereby you have a player who you know on his day is pretty much better than anyone else in the league mm. but you and him have to pick and choose which games he plays but I think that was like his fifth start in the last six yeah he's been so, he's, he's been the go-to because the, the thing with company you say oh we can't play three games in a week and you're like well he can he just can't do that all season, all season. Mm. but maybe um, it's the adrenaline that he yeah, gets him through this stuff. yeah I mean he had another sort of he, he tends to have one rash challenge and well, everyone gonna, goes. That's so true. Yeah. I was going to ask about this. Was he a bit lucky to still be on the pitch? No. Depends on the ref. Yeah. I I don't think it was like a dirty tackle. It was just a bit. I've slow. seen him sent off for delayed. Less. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen him sent off for similar or less. I would say where he's been, in my opinion, again completely unbiased, in control of what he's doing. He's not necessarily left the ground. He's won. I mean, he didn't win the ball on that occasion, but I've seen him win the ball and get sent off. Yeah. So it was a bit of heart and mouth moment. But Mike Dean, who is uh, normally the showman, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's quite mercurial, isn't he? He's he got a, hard to got a bit of a rough time on Monday. I thought Mike Dean from the crowd, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I was, I was going to come on to this at the end, but there was there was one absolute box office moment from Mike Dean. I don't know if you right clocked it right at the end. He, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he'd given City a free kick in the corner, and he oh, must yeah. have known time was up. <laughs> but he still marked out the ten yards with his phone, you, there, and no, then immediately there. blew for full time. Yeah. <laughs> because I can, because I'm Mike. make any sense yeah. why he would do that. Um, just, I mean, on the the other thing that I wanted to talk about with, with company as well is that there was there was a point midway through the the second half where. Fans were clearly getting nervy because the game was still at nil-nil. Leicester were, were were playing very well and City were struggling to get through. And he just kind of gestured to the entire stadium, just, you know, calm down, calm down. We've got this, calm down. And I, I mean, that's that's incredible leadership. Well, if you're dictating to thousands of people at once, absolutely. I didn't notice that. I was too panicked and <laughs> lacking in any sort of calmness to notice him doing that. See, if you'd just calmed down, you'd have been fine. Absolutely, yeah, I agree. But no, that's what, what a measure of the man. I think he's universally, even his opposition res- respects him. He's uh, yeah, he's an absolute legend. How much is his experience crucial in these these last few weeks, Simon? Well, it's been like a deliberate plan, basically, since they lost to Leicester on Boxing Day. Southampton, I think you had company come in, and you've got Silva, and you've got Fernandinho, and Gonna like get the these, old guard these like five captains that Pep has that. Guardiola doesn't like to be the shouty one in the the dressing room or the one to G everyone up or whatever. He leaves it to those those guys and you know the big games in the second half of the season more often than not have been stuffed with leaders. I think you can include Aguero in that. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Aguero's been better than ever almost. You know, you think back to the Liverpool game with him firing that one past yeah. Allison, and yeah. you know he he scored big goals, hat trick against Arsenal, hat trick against Chelsea. Some of my favourite things that he does as well is his forward work off the ball where he absolutely harries yeah. throwing or yeah. to make them pass it back to the keeper or anything, any tiny advantage he can glean, he just absolutely labours for it with his every fibre and I, I love him for that. Well, uh, still on Vincent Company and uh, and that goal, this is uh, what he had to say to Sky Sports after the game. For me, I always feel in, in big moments, in moments you know like this, I'm... I'm gonna do something. I don't know what is a header, what is um, anything, you know. And uh, I always feel like I'm gonna do something. And I don't know. And today was a little bit of frustration because everyone's saying, you know, don't shoot, don't shoot. I could really hear it, and it was annoying me. And I said, hold on a second. I've not come this far in my career for for young players to tell me whether I can take a shot or not. And I just took it. You know what? It's it's a funny story because it's it's 15 it's 15 years of of top level football. Of having midfielders telling me, you know, don't shoot, you know, play the ball wide, play the ball wide. And every single time I miss, I told them for 15 years, I promise you, I said, one day I'm going to have a shot from outside the box and I'm going to score a goal and you're going to be really happy with that one. And um, and today it happened. It's a big goal. Um, we've, we've not achieved anything, but it was an important win against a very, very strong team. Just going back to being told what to do by other people, before you came in, <clears throat> I was actually chatting with your wife, yeah. who, as we know, is a big Man City fan. She said, I've been giving him stick. I've been telling him he's not scored all season. Not technically right, but she said, he's the only one in the squad who hasn't scored. Yeah, I've been on to him. Said, yeah, she said it actually before this game, but um, things sometimes are meant to happen. Um, I've had other seasons where I didn't score too much and and uh, I just happened to score at the right time. So um, rather than quantity, um, let's make it quality. It's fine with me. We also saw some tears there at the end. What was the emotion about? Uh, I don't know. I, I play every game of my career as if it's, um, you know, in the last years I've played every game as if it's the last game of my career. And, um, you know, it takes um, a lot of hard work 
and um, it's uh, you know every game is potentially the last one, so you never know. I I I don't know at this point, but um, you know at least I made a count. Are you thinking of hanging out the boots at the moment? You're I'm you're not, certainly not hoping what? that, are you? I was going to say Absolutely you're a young not. man. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so I, I'm going to play football, and I'm going to do. Uh, Exactly what I've done. Maybe not these kind of goals, but exactly what I've done today for 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 as long as I can. But um, it's football, so uh, it's it's you you. If if you talk about emotions, you take a lot of scenarios into consideration, and non, nothing is 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 written in stone yet. But um, you know, if if if, then this is the way. For a pledge of two dollars a month. You can hear our weekly bonus show on a wide range of city topics. There's more details on patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast. Vincent Company speaking to Sky Sports. Do you believe him that he does it all the time? All the time? I don't think anybody <laughs> does that all the time. Anybody. Um, no. No, no, you don't. <laughs> Funny. Word. Funny that. Um, well, at the end there, Company seemed very unsure about his future. And in the uh, post-match press conference, manager Pep Guardiola was also asked about his captain and next season. This is what he had to say. We spoke with him, with his agent, and at the end of the season, we're going to sit, we're going to speak, talk to him uh, clearly, and he knows. And he's an incredible human being, incredible person, incredible. He helped me a lot since I, I came here. Always I was sad because I could not use it you know, too much for the, the process, but we know always we can count on him for for the personality. So this club is what it is, thanks for guys like Vincent. And of course, at the end of the season, at the end of the FA Cup, we're going to see it, we're going to decide the best for, for both parts. And you, would you want him here, though, yourself as a player next season? I said at the end of the season, I'm going to talk to him. Sorry to push you on that, but that, yeah, that sounds like you're not sure. I mean, does it, is the injury record crucial in that, or how, how how do you decide? Well, I said before, so finish the season, and after we're going to talk, we spoke with him three weeks ago, one month ago. We spoke fluently two or three times. So, Vincent, it happened in the last year, so let's finish the, the day. We're going to take a beer together, and we're going to decide the best, especially for you and for the club. So, no problems about that. This is the Blue Moon Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Blue Moon Podcast. Pep Guardiola speaking after the game about uh, Vincent Company. There, he was he was in tears on the uh, in the lap of honour at, at the end, Simon. Um, his contract's up at the end of the season. Hmm. Does this feel like the end? It sort of didn't right up until he was in tears at the end, <laughs> doing the lap of honour, uh, and then the press conference happened and. Guardiola was asked whether he would sign a deal, and then when he, if he would like him to sign a deal, and just didn't really commit, just, did he? No, no. Um, it feels as though City would like him in any capacity. Going, it's kind of up to him to decide. Sort of like he can do anything, so he needs to decide what he what wants he to do. Because City, if he decides to go elsewhere for a year or two or whatever, then City will have him back at any point yeah. to do whatever he wants. I mean, it's funny, isn't it, Chris? Because you think, actually, he's just scored a wonder goal. He is the man of the match. He's the story of the game. It could just be the emotion of, of what's happened. I agree, I agree. I think that's probably what it... I don't think they've made a decision yet, and I don't. I think they were non-committal because it's the wrong time to commit to that because why would you be wanting to think about that? Why would you distract yourself when there's so much at stake at this stage? We really are at the pointy end, aren't we? 
So like, what impact has he had at City? I mean, does it does none. his does Absolutely him? None. <laughs> Who is he? Like, yeah. Does it? I mean, does his impact go underrated given what Yaya Toure, what David Silva, what Sergio Aguero have done? Not if, at all. Just, what I mean. just the way they speak about him, the way they view him, is testament to his influence. He's he's a born leader. How much did we get him for? Was it six million, six and a half million, it's, something like that? That's ridiculous. It's absolute chicken feed. And he was a midfielder, wasn't he, when we got him? And he's basically he's took a step back in the defence. And I, I don't, I can't think of um, superlatives. Enough to to sort of merit his contribution, See, on so, and off the pitch. Someone said to me the other day, like, if only he hadn't been injured for so long, and you think, yeah, but then maybe is part of why he's so loved because he has been injured so many times, and he's he, keeps he coming just back refuses from it. To, mm-hmm. to lay to down. Even when he did that video, you know, when he was coming back from the the, the first really big injury. And he was like making such a point of how committed he was and how definitely he was going to overcome this. He'd got this sort of Rocky Balboa esque uh, <laughs> fitness workout montage, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he ultimately broke down again after yeah. that. And it's like, oh, please don't do another video. I can't take another one of them. It's like too harrowing. But he's just got his head down, his copious cranium, and sorted himself out and. Yeah, to come back from all those injuries and still be the man, to still do things like that, to still be respected and be the one that gets picked as like the fulcrum of a team to push on and win the title totally increases the amount of respect you've got to have for him. He always seems to have, with goals as well, some say in City title wins or City title pushes because you think of 2012, he scored against United and then in 2014 he got the last goal against West Ham the day they won the title. Last season, he scored the opener against United the day they should have won the title. Mm. There's, like, there's always a company goal in there somewhere. So so maybe good omens for, for weekend? Well, I've said 13 times today already. I'm not superstitious, but I don't know. I don't think it's... Uh... I was going to say, Chris went green when I asked that question. <laughs> well, so I don't... I don't, I don't I... I've got. A... He's got his goal. He's got his goal for the season. Don't care who, who scores on Sunday. <laughs> We've got to do it, haven't we? We've got to do it. Well, we're, we're going to come to that a bit later on in the show. Uh, we all, we heard a little bit from Guardiola there on Company's Future. Uh, here's what else he had to say to the press after City's 1-0 win over Leicester. It was not easy, you know, to attack them because they defend a lot of people there. So physical. Players with even Maguire, with the two midfield players. And it was not easy, but the second half we we did it incredible well. Incredible well, except the action from, from Kelechi. The rest was incredible. The way the the good we played. So, yeah, ninety five points. We need one more victory. So we're going to Brighton next Sunday to try to to be champion. When Vincent was lining that up, were you thinking shoot or were you thinking don't shoot pass? No, I said no shoot, Vinny. No shoot. No shoot. He was a smart. Don't follow my my thoughts. So incredible goal. Incredible. Did you think it was a nervous performance tonight? was an incredible performance, incredible. I'm so sorry, but it was so good. I'm sorry, guys. Three of the last four wins have been 1-0 victories. How mentally draining has uh, these last few games been for you and the players? Because th- th- they've been won by such fine margins, haven't they? The problem is the way we played. So we won 1-0 in Barley, but we didn't concede one corner, we didn't concede one shoot and target. 
So we control the games. We are much better the team, the opponents. So what we can do when you play a game is try to be better the opponents. If we were better than opponents the last, I don't know, two or three months. After win or lose, we will see. So sometimes you need a, a goal from from being like today. Sometimes in the post. Sometimes in the penalty not given again. Like two times in a row, no penalty to given. So two zero for the opponents. So it was outstanding. The way we played the second half, especially in the character and the personality and and everything, knowing how difficult it is, handle the motions to play, knowing if you don't win, you cannot be champions. You know, at the end, Liverpool right now play without pressure because they know it's not in their hands. So it's easy to play in these kind of games. We have the pressure because we can lose because it's in our hands. But we deserve to be in that position. In the Premier League, it was the first shoot from outside the box of companies since 2013. Uh, in a game that everyone tries to study like all the details, do, do you believe like in something like destiny or I I irrational stuff? No, in the half time I said in the 25 minutes, company go shoot and put in the net. <laughs> that was the strategy in the second half. <laughs> support the show by becoming a backer patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast Pep Guardiola speaking after the win over Leicester there now uh, I want to I want to focus on on the defense uh, more than more than anything else at the moment because it's now three goals conceded in the last 13 Premier League games that since they lost at Newcastle they've conceded three goals City get talked about as, as a team with you know all this attacking flair, and yet here it is. It's the defence that's currently winning them games. You know, look, look at the recent results. Was it three, four, one nil wins and a two nil win in there? It just seemed that they just seem so calm and composed. And when you throw in the fact that you know Burnley and Leicester didn't have a corner, Burnley didn't have a shot on target after what was it, three or four minutes or something like that. So I mean, they're really keeping opposition teams at arm's length, apart from when Ianacho got through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like the the one big chance they've they've uh, they've let go, and someone said to me, "Oh, well, you know, thank goodness it fell to Ianacho's weaker foot." You're like, no, no, that's a strong one. Yeah, but this the tendency in the last few games has been to think, "Oh, these have been quite nervy and and uh, narrow wins," and then. Pep comes out afterwards and says, yeah, we didn't concede a shot on target. Got nowhere near our goal. Easy win. And then you look back you know, and go, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, 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 he's right. Yeah. Gundogan was flagging a bit for that, wasn't he? There's a couple of times in that game where he looked yeah. that good, to be honest. I, I think was surprised I, if he starts. Against. I think Foden got kind of the run around, which Possibly didn't help well, him. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit of a cause of concern. I mean, the, the flip side, though, is I wanted to ask, I mean, honestly... How solid were City actually against Leicester? Because I seem to remember the left-hand side was causing a few problems in the first half especially. I mean, Zinchenko got caught out a couple of times. Yeah, I think he's been very poor the last few games. I think sort of people, they weren't great on the left at Burnley and everyone said, oh, it's Sane, he's not doing anything, he's out of touch. And you think, yeah, right. And then two, Sane's not playing against Leicester on the left side's. Still a bit. Still bad. It was kind of a reminder that, oh, Zinchenko's come on a lot, but he's not. He's still got. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as a defence and as a sort of team, they're, they're phenomenal. And you saw like companies block in the first few minutes, and it, the, there was a bit of last ditch defending, but it was. Did he throw his back into them? Yeah. 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 It, was like a, it was a roll, yeah. almost. It's, it's not the body part I would control. Control. It's not the body part I would have gone with. No. no but, you know. I'll just lead with the uh, lumbar on this. This clearance. Surface area, I think it was. Maybe, yeah. 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 So, should have got his head done. That, that might be the, uh, the new 
VAR. Might be the way to, to stop handballs in the box. Just yeah. go with the back. Yeah. yeah. Don't you don't need to keep your arms behind the back if you're going with your back, do you? That's yeah. The, that's the thing. But, um, but no, they've been they've been amazing defensively. Like I think it's one goal from open play in the last ten or something. Mean bunch. Like yeah. Mm. Um Chris, that being said, when the ball did fall to Ianacho, how like what what was your did you honestly think, oh, that's it? It's eighty-seven minutes, and it's they're going to equalise. We got How to do, do we again. put him off? <laughs> oh God, no! Um, but yeah, I mean, returning players always score that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it had to be him. It's fell to him. It's going to. Oh, love you, Kalichi. Thank you. <laughs> he knows where his bread's buttered. No, I don't know. It's uh, he's not been in the team all the time, has he? At Leicester, so. Probably a blessing that that's, that was the case in that. Yeah. Well, no one had been speaking about him either. It was all like ex Liverpool manager mm. Rogers and ex City keeper Casper and, Schmeichel uh, and Jamie yeah. Vardy. Everyone forgot about Collection and so did City. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> ghosted in, in the middle. Yeah. Ghosted in straight through the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, City fans also. Uh, there, there was a couple of uh, a couple of moments in the uh, in the Leicester box where City were, were were shouting for some penalties. The first were both on on Raheem Sterling actually. The first one um, looked like a strong tackle. Is that where the was it? Um, Chowdhury got a. Two, oh no, that was the second. It was Pereira, right, sorry, was it? Ricardo Pereira. One, I'm guessing it wasn't a penalty if none of us can remember it though. Yeah, fair point. All right, the second one though. Um, <laughs> it wasn't given. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought the second one was a penalty. I thought a lot of people would get that given as a penalty. Wasn't a, at all surprised to see Sterling not get it given. It looked like was it that was what I was thinking of. Yeah, Chow- Chowdhury won Chowdhury the ball. Got his, touch, got his toe to the ball and touched it, and then someone like well. enter stage right, come <laughs> thundering in like a freight train, <laughs> and like nearly killed the lad. Um, but yeah, obviously it's Raheem. So oh, you've gone on a bit a bit soft there, Raheem. Get up, no penalty. <laughs> But you, I mean, it's two games on a run where City have had pretty good shout for a penalty, just ignored completely. I just take that for granted. It's just it happens, and that's. I mean, the first season Pep was here, he spent moaning about referees or moaning about not moaning about referees, and these last <laughs> two years they've just decided to take refs out the equation and just win games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's that's a similar attitude. I just think well. I don't expect us to get a lot of the what I think are really, really good penalty shouts. It's just the way it seems to be. I like what you said, moaning about not moaning about. <laughs> I don't want to talk about referee. You are doing. Like, <laughs> then they instantly go into like a big monologue about it. But yeah, it's, what can you do? Just carry on playing and trying to be honest. After the Liverpool game on on Saturday and the manner in which they beat Newcastle, did that make City's game on the Monday night harder? Because I, let's be honest, every one of us in this room was following that Newcastle game, thinking it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> no, it didn't happen, and we just talked about a penalty that we probably should have, <laughs> and that challenge on was it for free kick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> it beggars belief. Yeah, it got a lot of coverage though. I think, I think like everyone. I know it don't matter because Liverpool have got the points, but I think Liverpool maybe lost a bit of. Goodwill and a few Newcastle fans who didn't mind if they won the league were not so much afterwards. But I mean, the, the manner in which they won that game with the last minute, well, the <clears> 86th minute <throat> yeah. goal, I mean, does that ramp, did that then ramp up the pressure on City or was it just, or was the pressure on them anyway? It's hard to tell, really, because we're sort of viewing it through this 
Liverpool v City. Liverpool do one thing, City win the next. But like for City, they for two months now they can afford to just shut Liverpool out because they've just, just won say, games. If yeah. we win games, we win the title. Um, so in a way, the Liverpool result didn't change anything for City. Still got to win. Yeah, um, they're just sort of completely in the zone, and it's hard not to look through it through that sort of. City v Liverpool prison. Yeah, yeah, and it does. You have just got to win your games, but when you, it, for me, it, the way they've done it as well is that people start talking about destiny, and yeah. you think, oh, behave. <laughs> I'm not superstitious. I'm not listening to that. But God, that's that's made it worse. Yeah. So yeah, it does. I don't know. Does it get to the players though? Probably not as much as it does to the fans. I think it gets to the fans quite a lot. Yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been a very very difficult week. Yeah, about. the fans yeah. are absorbing everything they can, just trying to get an angle on how it's going to go. Because they're desperate for it to go their way, and I think players, it's more kind of fatigue. Mm. You know, oh, we've got to go again. Whereas if Liverpool had dropped points at all, then you get that boost. Yeah, yeah. Whereas they've just been in this situation now where they have to win every game, and but nothing's really changed. No, no. But you know, I'm sure they're all knackered, but they'd rather win games than than not. Yeah. So then, however it ends, this football season has been one of the most interesting and filled with news that has gone from the sublime to the ridiculous. One of the recent highlights of football coverage has been the satirisation of the week's talking points in The Guardian by David Squires. I've been speaking to him to find out how he makes the news into a cartoon. On a good week, there'll be one theme that I can hang everything from. But um, what usually happens is that I, I, well, I keep a notebook with me all the time. And as ideas come to me or, or news stories crop up, I'll make notes. And usually I'll sit and watch two or three of the, the major games over the course of a weekend and and jot down a few observations. So just the, the weekend just gone, it was uh, the FA Cup semi-finals, And not much happened in the City Brighton one, I'm afraid. You, you're, you're like, let me down a little bit there. Other than a nice cutaway to a Brighton fan, uh, dressed as a seagull so I scribbled that down quickly but yeah usually I sit down on a Monday with this hopefully a, a decent set of notes and that I try to narrow it down into a bit of a coherent script and I go from there it's usually pretty loose and often I'll I'll end up making things up as I go along and come up with better ideas and discard ideas as as I work through it the politics of football is is kind of something I want to get into because for this season for City fans there's been a lot of uh, a lot of that around. There's been the uh, the racism incidents with Raheem Sterling a lot. There's then the ticket prices about the FA Cup. When you when you're dealing with these sorts of topics, do you worry about getting them wrong? Uh, I do. I'm I'm more comfortable talking about things such as I mean the two examples you've given, ticket pricing and fan experience is something that I can relate to personally and I know how expensive it is to go to football and I I know that sense of being ripped off and not being thought about when say like uh, I was I saw earlier that the kickoff time for the cup final I know it's five o'clock and it's been like that for for a while but it means that fans who live outside of London it's difficult for them to get home and those kinds of things I can relate to from personal experience with if I'm writing a cartoon about racism, I'm aware that as a white person, I can't understand how it feels for someone like Raheem Sterling to to receive racist abuse. So with that, I'm way more cautious with with that stuff. And I, I think 
far more carefully about about what I'm saying and and the fact that I work for you know a large media organization the cartoon isn't just going to be seen by by people who read the guardian it's you know it, it can go further there was a cartoonist recently I live in Australia and there was a cartoonist you might remember um end of last year who we did a cartoon about Serena Williams and it was I mean it had a, a lot of people pointing out to the cartoonist it was a racist depiction of a black person and certainly that's not a way that I would would have drawn that cartoon but rather than using it as a way to to learn and to listen he went on the the defensive and I mean he works for a fairly right-wing newspaper here in Australia anyway and they just sort of put up the shutters and and weren't able to understand that we we work on the internet now so if you draw a cartoon in Australia, it's not just seen by Australian readers. It has the power to 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 become a global thing. So he didn't really use that as a means to to learn and to improve. God, I hope that I never become embroiled in in anything like that. But um, there have been times in the past where I've drawn things or written things, and people have got in contact and said, "Oh, look, I'm not I'm not sure if you're aware, but this made me feel like this." and um, I've tried to use it as as a way to improve what what I do, and be sort of sensitive to to the way that people feel. I mean, there are times where I deliberately set out to upset people, and um, that would be say like um, think of an example like if the England away fans are going through their repertoire of war songs and stuff about the IRA, I'll gladly have a go at them, and I'll happily do everything I can to antagonise them. With the political stuff, I'm far more comfortable if it's a position that I can I've experienced myself. In terms of of City, then I mean, City fans throughout the years have uh, have talked about we we have a, a phrase called "typical City," where you know anything that can go wrong will go wrong, sort of thing. Um, there yeah. must be stuff about the club that's made that that makes you laugh. Uh, this season, I've been doing a lot on whenever I've been drawing City. I have, and if I'm drawing the backroom staff or anything around the dressing room, I have uh, Ben Kingsley as a member of the backroom staff from, because uh, he was the narrator of that City documentary last year. The the all was it all or nothing? Is that what it was called? It was all or nothing, and, and he couldn't say the word goalkeeper. Oh really? I see. I haven't even seen it. This is the thing. This is what how much of a fraud I am. Um, <laughs> But I knew that he narrated it, so I thought uh, it'd be quite funny to have him in the backroom staff. Just in terms of people I like to draw, Brian Kidd has, um, <laughs> he, he's really, he's got sort of quite small eyes, a very innocent face for for a, for a man of his advancing years. And so to I occasionally put him in these situations that, that I expect would be upsetting for him. Like sometimes I don't know who it is who designs cities, uh, their, their clothing when they sometimes turn up for, for away games and you see these photographs of them dressed in slightly outlandish costumes. Um, there was one maybe pre-season, might even, might even have been the end of last season where it was black t-shirts with Manchester City on, quite large tailored shorts, like the kind that Christopher Biggins used to wear ankle socks black ankle socks and then sort of business shoes and it's just a, a very strange costume so I like the idea of putting Brian Kidd in a in a costume like that but more broadly I guess 
obviously I make the occasional joke about the city owners and that's something that I come back to now and again. I'm a Swindon fan, so I remember City during the uh, the, the years where you were wandering around the, the lower leagues and it's not that long ago, but it was, um, unfortunately, it was before I was drawing cartoons. But um, yeah, I always remember Swindon's encounters with City. They always seem to be cracking games as well. Hear all of our City interviews on our website, bluemoonpodcast.com. David Squires chatting to me there. Now uh, it's time to look ahead to the final game of the season, the game at Brighton. Um, Chris, in 2012, the feeling was very much that that City would turn up, beat QPR, and win the title. And it, you know, it would, would not a danger that it would ever go wrong. Have City fans learnt the lesson from that now? No taking this one for granted. Um, you'd like, I'd like to think so, but you still get people. Uh, I don't want to get embroiled in the whole leaving early debate but people do seem to take it for granted in situations where they assume this is going to happen and I'm just going to I'll just take that as red even taking for granted that it isn't going to happen like that as Vinny scored <laughs> you were, you feel for that guy who there was who several missed. people <laughs> it's like if, even if you go in for the for, to the toilet or to get a pie at least like keep your head to, <laughs> keep your eye on the game we are we are on, in possession bearing down on their box like assume that it might happen there might be an attack building that you get some wing mirrors for your head anything <laughs> yeah, periscope I don't know just don't ignore it completely a Perisco- periscope would just help him see onto the second tier though wouldn't it two periscopes have to angled one... with look I've not thought it through it was a throwaway comment let's not dwell just on it just look at the just game just the wing mirrors yeah look at the game yeah I mean, um, what was the question? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah take it for granted. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny, isn't it, Simon? Because we're all sat here going, "Well, City should win at Brighton," and they've won thirteen games in a row. So why are we not going? Oh well, City will win at Brighton because of the magic of football. Because this past week has shown us that anything can happen, and uh, because we want there to be excitement and drama. But do we? Do we? Do we just want to get the job done? I and... think we do. Everyone loves a good soap opera, and you know, it's. Um, I think. We we want to make it exciting. It's the best league in the world, and you know any team can beat any team. And despite the fact that City have spent two years showing everybody that you can't. <laughs> well, look how difficult that semi final was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and after scoring after three minutes as well, or whatever it was, you thought oh, this would be a walkover, and then it it really wasn't. It wasn't. Um, but City have got over the line against every team going for the last four months or so. So it would be incredible if they didn't on Sunday. Brighton are now safe. Does that change things? Are they? I was going to say are they on the beach, but they are on the beach because <laughs> of where they are. Yeah. But, you know. Yes, definitely, because they're not, they're not fighting for their lives, but they're fighting for a bit of pride. I mean, what, they're I think, is it five points above Cardiff? Yeah. Something like that. that yeah. yeah, They can move up in the table. They could. I think they can jump up one more place. Right. But, so there's an incentive, but it's obviously nowhere near the incentive of if they're very Premiership lives depended on it, so yeah, it's it's an advantage not yeah. to have that. I don't think it necessarily changes anything at nil nil, but if City score, there's not going to be that utter desperation mm. to, to to get, get back level in again. the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the first time that City and Liverpool play at the same time since. Do you know when? January. Close. Twenty seventh of February. So not close. Not really that close. At least no. a month out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. Short month. 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like it feels weird going into a weekend. I know it's the last game of the season, so they all have to play at the same time. But it feels weird going into this weekend not going. Oh, City are playing first. There's going to be an advantage, and Liverpool. Oh no, Liverpool play first. There's, maybe there's an advantage in going second. It's it's it goes back to those days of actually keeping an eye on two games at the same time, and it just feels like a strange sense of nostalgia about that. I might take a transistor radio. So the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be one. Yeah, massive. <laughs> One of those yeah, like boombox things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what pressure's on City these days for for this game? Um, because like we've we've talked about it, you know, for the last two seasons, they they're just well equipped to deal with whatever people throw at them. So surely that should the fans should Let's feel comfortable. That. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're not literally throw at them, but you, you know what I mean. The fans should be should be feeling quite comfortable about that. City fans feeling comfortable <laughs> on a last day of the season do or die um, scenario. Not really. I'm like, it's too. I'm too sort of. It's too ingrained in me the 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 possibility of the failure, abject humiliation and failure. Uh, I'm talking from a football perspective. Not just a daily like you know worry, um, but it's, you can't take it for granted. You just can't. That's why, you know, like you were saying earlier, that's like why people love the game so much, isn't it? Anything can happen. It's... Got a lot of respect for Chris Hughes and his good manager. They've got some, you know, decent players. And, and and City tend to struggle more against teams that don't play expansively against them than mm. teams that do. You know, part of the reason City struggled against Leicester was because Guardiola wasn't expecting them to be as defensive as as they were. As they were. Um, you've got no doubts that Brighton will be defensive and be you know not particularly slow at restarting the game there's no reason for them to be gung-ho and just like no. open the game up for us is there exactly so you know it, it will be a struggle but they've had you know at least two of the most recent games to do that yeah. against better teams we can do attrition yeah. With all that in mind, does Guardiola then have some selection issues to make? Because I mean, if, if he needs to, he needs to freshen it up maybe a little bit from from Monday night. But then equally, you know, the time is now to just get all your best players onto the pitch that are available. Surely. Yeah, I don't think there's many places up for grabs really. Um, Fernandinho. That was going to be my question. Do you have any inside yeah, knowledge on that? Uh, I'd be surprised if Fernandinho was back. Same with De Bruyne. I think they're more aiming towards the cup final. The cup final. I might be proven wrong inside twelve hours, but I, I don't think so. Um, so that means Gundogan, who for me looked a bit tired. Yeah. Um, but Leicester did go past him a bit, whereas I don't think Brighton will. Um, yeah. Company will play. I'd imagine. Um, you bat five sorted. But I'm also thinking, like, I mean, Foden started against Leicester and... You know, yeah, that's, yeah. I think I would rather see Bernardo in the middle. Mm. And, uh, Sane and Sterling, Sterling on the wings. Either Sane or Jesus. Um, and then Aguero. I would agree with that. Yeah. But, I mean, Bernardo was great out wide on Monday. In the first half when no one was doing much, he was the one who was... Dancing past about eight players on the right. So exactly what it does, isn't it? It's yeah, fantastic. like just, just give, just, just play him. Just put Bernardo on the pitch and see what happens. Honestly, tell me honestly now, Chris, how much of an eye we'd be keeping on Liverpool's game? Um, I'll be 
keep w- an watching eye it from it. start to finish by the sounds of it. They're <laughs> wriggling with this one. I'm not even watching City. I'm like, <laughs> no, but I'd, not as much as for the you know the season up till this point because it is ultimately you know in our own grasp. I'll be like, there'll be more than enough people because I'm not going to the game. I'll be watching it in um, a pub, and there'll be more than enough people. It'll be. I'll just be aware. I'll be absorbing the Liverpool situation by sort of osmosis rather than like having. <laughs> I'm not going to be looking at my phone thinking what are Liverpool doing because you'll just know, won't you? And it'll yeah. probably be flashing on the bottom of the screen anyway. And you can probably. I mean, if City score early, for instance, and and take the lead early on, then you probably don't need to worry about it. But it's it's. I suppose it's only if if City haven't scored. I suppose. I'll still be worrying about it till we've got a three-goal cushion. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. <laughs> well, a, f- a funny stat that uh, that popped up this week, Simon. Um, Brighton's home record is pretty much the same as Wolves' away record. They've both won six, drawn five, lost seven. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the goal difference is, is similar. Brighton minus six, Wolves minus four. So Great. May- maybe Liverpool and City do have similar games on the final day. Yeah, Liverpool have got a, a, a much tougher game, <laughs> I would say. Um, Getting the excuses in early. I, I think a stat I saw was that Wolves would be in third in the league if results against the bottom four were not included, which is you know very selective. But they've been really, really good. They've just lost twice to Huddersfield for reasons that nobody can. Huddersfield <laughs> mm. have won three times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then they, and they've lost to Fulham. Yeah, just defies belief um so yeah Wolves will be really good I imagine at Anfield I still expect Liverpool to beat them because well, of what's hanging on yeah. mm. on the game but City's game I would say is a lot easier than than Liverpool's and it must be because for weeks we've heard about how difficult City's game is compared to Liverpool's and we've not really heard anything this that, week, this week so. yeah <laughs> Uh, right, well, uh, for the final time in this uh, Premier League season, uh, it's uh, the charity bet time. Now, on last week's show, it was my correct 1-0 score prediction. That took the total over £1,000 for the season. The exact total is £1,018, and the money is going to the Christia Cancer Hospital in Manchester. William Hill has given each member of the panel a £10 correct score single on City's games, and there's two matches left to try and increase the total. This week, it's Brighton away. Um, Simon, what are you having? 2-0 City. 2-0 City, which uh, brings the title home, is uh, 6-1 to one and £60 pounds if you're right. Chris? I've gone for 2-1 City. <sighs> Throw a few nerves in there. Oh. When when does it happen? Is it is it 1-0 Brighton all the way to the 90th minute and then two goals? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Uh, Edison with the winner. Yeah, um, that I would love to see. 9-1 uh, to one for that. Uh, not not for Edison to score as well, but it's just 2-1 is 9-1. to one. Uh, So £90. Mine's 9-1 to one as well for another £90 for another 1-0 win. Um, so uh, That's tense. nervous. When's, yeah. the, when's the goal scored? Uh, 86 minutes. Okay. <laughs> My word. I'm just tempted. The thing is, I know that there's a lot of superstitious football fans out there, so I'm just tempting folks because I'm not superstitious in the slightest. <laughs> also, so, like, you're saying last time for the season, if we lose 4 0. Yeah. Oh, they would. Yeah, that evens out the goal difference yeah. and the points. Yeah. And then we then have to play at a neutral ground, I'm guessing, Anfield. <laughs> and uh, it's all decided on a playoff. So yeah. it's not going to happen, is it? Or oh, I think City could lose. 8-0 and Liverpool and Wolves draw 12-all that would also yeah, be the playoffs. it's just not yeah. going to happen though is it that's, the, that's well, the thing well I'd say stranger <laughs> things have happened but I don't think anything stranger than that no happened, so, someone did um, correct me today on Twitter say that City can lose by up to 3-0 
and still win the title if Liverpool only draw. So that's that's oh, comforting. Imagine, imagine doing it that way. <laughs> yeah, and they concede in the last minute to draw. <laughs> The, the only thing I think I'd like that more. The, the only thing I thought I, I thought might be Glenn Murray. Yeah, <laughs> we're all Glenn Murray. The only thing I thought might be more fitting was if both just lost. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah, both teams just lost on the final day. You know, yes. in a horrid way. There's anyway, squib. you've got to be eighteen or over to gamble. Prices can change. And for more on responsible gambling, visit begambleaware.org. Now then, City are going toe to toe with Liverpool for the Premier League title this weekend, as we might have mentioned. Uh, but earlier in the season, they went head to head in the Youth Cup final. That one didn't work out as hoped, with Liverpool winning 5-3 on penalties. Our EDS expert Sean Blinkhorn has been telling me about how it's looking for the under-18s at the end of this year. In general, I think it's been more of a mixed year for, for City's youth. Um, we have had some progression, if you think of maybe uh, going into May, Foden, Foden's played 25 games for the first team and scored seven goals, which I think it kind of gets overlooked, but he's been a big part. Obviously, the, the Tottenham start and goal stands out head and shoulders above everything else he's achieved this season but he's really moved on quite well um, we've kind of we've lost some players we've lost some good talents as well also the the, the loss in the youth cup final was a big blow it, it really was but as I've mentioned before the, most of the successful transitions that we've had have come from final defeats so that's that's maybe not the end of the world the loans, like I say, uh, we'll go into them. There's loans all over the place. We're not too many real standouts. And then the six debuts this year have, have also been quite positive as well. Uh, Felix Nemecha, Aaron Muric, Eric Garcia, Poveda, Bernabe and Claudio Gomez is hilarious. One minute debut in the Charity Shield. But I'd, I'd stick to that. I'd say it's been more of a mixed bag this year for them. Now, obviously, you mentioned there uh, some lost players. Um, you, you know, you think of Diaz and, and Sancho as the headlines mm. that are, that have moved away from City. Where where are City with that? If we think of of Sancho as more of one in the distant past, now just this season we've lost a couple of talents in in Diaz and Matondo, and you can kind of look at it a couple of ways. I don't think Matondo was ready at all. I think he was so raw, but the minute that you get your head turned from elsewhere. Some of the, you know, you're gonna. Oh God, I could play first team football somewhere else. You know, I can fast track my career. I can see why they do it. But in, especially in Matondo and, and Diaz's case this season, they've not really gone on to have the playing time you'd expect for someone like a like a marquee signing for that. Being on the pitch for City is is such high stakes. Like you know, one little mistake and everything could come crashing down. So you can kind of see why that kind of high pressure environment doesn't lead to. The, the management playing these sort of players it's a shame but mistakes are costly and room to grow is at a series premium so in the future you know we, even with a different personality for the likes of Foden maybe we'd have lost him in the past you know if he wasn't born and raised at the club maybe maybe he'd have had his head turned as well so I think clear pathways to the first team will will probably continue to be an issue regardless of what we think the players might think differently but that said 25 million for two players that have, have never had to Staying the pitch for City is, is probably a, a fairly decent return. And uh, also you mentioned uh, players going out on loan. Um, City have, have built the model on sending players out on loan, so uh, so how are they doing? Well, we've got, uh, we sent around 30 players over the course of the season out on loan and as you can imagine, there's not very much that you need to worry about really. If you look at maybe Lucas Nemechard, his numbers haven't been too great. Uh, I think in the 40 games, I think he scored three goals, but he also set up eight and he was constantly getting praise for his work rate. And for his first season in senior football, maybe, you know, for the likes of me who have always been quite hard on him, maybe 
maybe that's a, a fairly decent return in terms of the kind of extra that we need from a, from a forward at the club, not just the goals, but also the work that comes around that. Another a couple of standout names, one of them is Douglas Louise. Pep wanted him this season. He was a bit frustrated with the work permit system. He's played over 20 games. Girona's recent form sees them fighting relegation a little bit, um, with him fighting a bit of fitness issues and suspension trouble at the same time. He is that kind of, hopefully... Gundogan slash maybe Fernandinho replacement but one thing I did want to mention is Yangel Herrera who is also at a different club but fighting in that very same Spanish relegation battle from the, in the first tier they're in the same age group it could just be that they've we've, we've all had all eyes on Douglas Luiz for quite a while but you know don't don't rule Yangel out him he might pip the post if it's if it's going to be a straight out battle between the two of them for a, a first team space the last one I'd say out of the 30 which is quite depressing to that I'd say you even have to worry about is maybe Matt Smith uh, massively successful loan albeit in the Dutch second tier but to go out there to have fans singing your name every week to win the league title there to get 20 back where they probably should be he's a firm fan favourite and now a Wales international as well so I think that has gone very well he may need another year out but that has been that's probably the highlight of the, the loans in general Just finally then looking ahead to uh, to next season and the years beyond uh, what uh, what can we expect? I can imagine they're going to start to get a little bit annoyed about this this Youth Cup record because I really do, do think that we, they care we're now the record bridesmaids in that competition. We've lost the final eight times. The only one closest to us has lost it four times. So they're going to start being annoyed by that. You can imagine a, an all-guns-blazing all attempt to win that competition. I'd still say I think block pathways or perceived block pathways are going to be an issue because, like I've said, players will want to see themselves ahead further than you know they can get to at the moment. So they'll start to see pathways elsewhere that may probably be blocked for them as well but they won't see that the move is the big enticement and possibly the wages as well so even if we don't think it's much of an issue in terms of players coming through they probably will so I'd, I'd probably say set yourself up for a bit more of that in the future the other, thing, the other thing I did want to mention is next season sees the first batch of Manchester City players to have been born after the final game at Main Road which is highly depressing for those of a certain vintage doesn't make me feel young at all that no, one it doesn't does it 16 years ago this year uh, <laughs> so so yeah the, the few but definitely there's some there's some good talents coming through um i'd like to possibly point you in the way of the likes of finley burns who was bought in for, for huge huge fee at the time a record for a 13 year old i think it was and there's a couple of other players in there as usual uh, it should hopefully be a good year for the youngsters you're listening to the blue moon podcast facebook.com forward slash blue moon podcast sean blinkhorn there now it's time to finish with ask the panel this is the bit of the show where you send in your questions at blue moon podcast on twitter go through the website bluemoonpodcast.com if you want to send us an email and we're also on instagram as well search for us on their blue moon podcast rick walsh has been in touch on the emails to ask what changes does guardiola have to make in the summer to keep city competitive could there be any surprise outgoings and I suppose this one, I mean... Mangala? Well, it's not really a surprise, is it? <laughs> it's got a new contract. Got a new contract, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, I suppose the subtext to this one is that the weird thing about football is that when you're successful, your game plan is then known to everybody, so you have to change the game plan to stay successful. You don't know who might want... Who you would say they've got to stay, but they might want to go. Look at Otamendi. I mean, he's not everyone's cup of tea. I think... 
I think he's a really good defender. A lot of people I go City with aren't his biggest fans, to say the least, but I really value him. I wouldn't be surprised if he values himself more than his playing time this season reflects and would want to go. Um, it's possibly a couple more like that. So is that a surprise? I don't know. What I don't know what, what Pep is thinking in terms of other than what he tried to do at the start of this season and get a, an understudy for Fernandinho. Still fairly apparent we need that. I mean, he's not even available for selection because he's knackered and crocked. <laughs> so we need um, we need a direct replacement for him. That's not an outgoing, though, is it? That's an incoming. Uh, <laughs> it's a change. It is, it's, so, yeah. it, it's hard to see outgoings because it's such a small squad. You'd think that they'll probably lose um, Otamendi and or company, and they'll they may lose Gundogan. I think he's going, isn't he? Um, it's sort of you know it's getting towards squeaky bum time with. With, with his him because yeah. if he doesn't want to commit then you've probably got to sell him to try and get some money from him and his worth's become all the more apparent hasn't it since yeah, Fernandinho's absolutely, been yeah. out it's, yeah. you've sort of wow yeah he is that good Like whereas before because he's been in and out a bit and you know people don't always appreciate his quality I suppose yeah. one, of the, one of the other angles might be a, a few swaps in players that are already there. I mean, are we, are we likely to see a little bit less of David Silva, maybe? A little bit more of Bernardo Silva in his place? Yeah, well, I mean, he? if you're talking shock outgoings, would Sane count? I was saying this, actually. I had a feeling that he might think, oh, like a fresh challenge, you know, living in a different yeah. city. He's a young lad. He's got the world at his feet. He's no good. ties to Manchester, no, has he? and He's, um, you know, if you're getting... No disrespect to Phil Foden, but if if he's getting starts ahead of Sane for big games like Monday night, you've got to be thinking, what have I got to do to to get in the team? To get in the team, Guardiola loves to sort of give him tough love and you know get him fired out and then put him out. But it there's no kind of palpable emotional attachment, is there? No, it doesn't look brilliant at the minute. Um, but I've, I've no information at all that that he is going. But he he, a... he is one of City's most sort of valuable assets because his potential is sort of more than Still sky pretty high, much every other player. I've been semi-surprised to see them sort of go for where they wanted Frankie de Jong, um, who is this sort of central midfielder who roams forwards and gets goals and assists. And I mean, the, there's been a lot of noise around Bruno Fernandes. They've come out and said they were never interested in Bruno Fernandes. Um, but let's talk about Joao Felix as well. Um, that isn't something that City have really had under Guardiola, those kind of like players from the middle who get goals. It's tended to be more sort of Aguero, Sterling, mm. whoever's out wide and the striker. So that would be interesting to see if, if he's planning something along those some lines. Some kind of evolution next season that sees them play more through the middle and get more goals that way, but it, that is a horribly raw theory. So we'll <laughs> you might bring someone like that in and been worked up this back. evening. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You're incredibly skillful, but I'm going to play here. Yeah, yeah. Strings from there, like, like he's done like with De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, finally, Beth Barker on the emails uh, asks, "Why are City so useless at corners?" <laughs> Tradition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, 
There was so long we didn't score from a corner. We had Pellegrini. Some, yeah. Pellegrini's, Pellegrini. yeah, Pellegrini's yeah. second season. It was mm. like Dimitrelis at Arsenal and then nothing for two yeah. and a half years. Two and a half years. Was I don't know. I'm, guess, I'm guessing. I'm not. There's got to be more than that, I was thinking. <laughs> I, see, I thought they were quite dangerous on against Leicester. First half, they seemed to have a few. Gundogan was whipping balls in. And it's the first time for a while, though. I mean, Aguero, actually put them in the box. You know, nearly scored, didn't he, mm. from one? Yeah, he's remarkably um, good with his head, isn't he? But that was the first time in a while you've thought, yeah. Bit of a threat here. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, company looked like he was determined to get one. And like near post, going flick, near post, yeah. didn't he? And yeah. Then, like, frustrated as it sailed over his head. So I just thought, well, I'm just going to have to batter one in from <laughs> 25 yards instead of you. Determined to get that goal on him. <laughs> yeah. If you're not going to put it on my head, lads. Yeah, I'll just have to do it myself. (laughs) Uh, Right, well, that's it for this week, and all of the time for talking is over. It's now down to Pep Guardiola's side to do the business at Brighton. If City are going to become the first team in a decade to win back-to-back titles. On this week's Patreon bonus show, we're discussing crucial final day of the season matches. That's available for $2 per month backers as a special thank you for helping the podcast with its funding. Check out patreon.com forward slash blue moon podcast for more details. That also includes the brand new reward tiers for next season, such as the chance to appear on one of the bonus shows. So go and have a look. Special thanks to my two guests, Chris Higginbottom. Thanks for having us. And Simon Bakowski. Thank you very much. I'm David Mooney, and whatever happens this week, I'll be back in the studio in seven days' time to look at all of the talking points from the last 38 games and to preview the FA Cup final with Watford. So join us then. Bernardo, absolutely brilliant from Manchester City. What a crisp, superbly struck finish. A wonderfully orchestrated second. Arsenal nil, Manchester City two. It's a massive moment here where Manchester City so rarely win. Second time. Here's Gabriel Jesus to cap the night. 
Edwards. And he does! The Blue Moon's on the rise! Will we look back at this night in May as the day the tide turned in Manchester City's favour? his way forward with help from Aguero, goes from long range, and lands an absolute beauty, sending it up here for Mahrez, it's found a way in, sooner or later they unlock the door, Bernardo Silva, it's a free header for Aguero, for Phil Foden to score his first Premier League goal, Bernardo Silva, to his left foot and it's in, it's a priceless goal for Manchester City. Never mind whether it's a derby or not. It's a game that has to be won. It's Bernardo Silva. Gonna bend one in towards Aguero. And Aguero gets his shot away. And it's cleared off the line. Matt Lowton is there. But the ball across the line. And put it. And have a crack. Getting closer. Today with a massive goal, the breakthrough at last.